You've heard me talk about creating white space in your business, and I've walked you through my week-to-week strategy is to have more white space show up consistently and shared a little behind the scenes of my quarterly white space retreat where I go into visionary mode on episode number 32. But have you done the same in your family and as a family? It is way too easy to pack our schedules as people with businesses and kids between work stuff and the kids' school and extracurricular stuff and then a house that needs tending to and friends to see and family to take care of But the same way you might feel at max capacity in your business when I tell you it's time to create some white space and you feel so uncomfortable with that thought because you're like, I don't have an ounce more to give. I can't just sit around and dream like that's not productive and I can't do anything that's not focusing on production. But also knowing that it is literally the difference maker in the success that you're seeking, the same reigns true for your family. This is not just a season. This is now a habit. This hustle, this go, this hurry is a habit. And the only way to have that connection and contentment and vision and thriving that you crave as a family is through the creation of more margin. So today we're talking about what that looks like, how to undo what might be a little bit broken at this point in terms of habits and how you're typically operating and how society is telling us to operate and how to bring the family along with you. Let's raise them upright. You're listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, where we elevate successful entrepreneurs into powerful leaders doing work that really matters. And this episode is dedicated to raising luminaries. If you listen to this show, you already know that it's not about you anymore. As a leader, a real luminary, you're here to deeply impact others. I feel it too. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, a business leadership strategist and mom who's passionate about raising up that next generation of leaders. Looking at my three kiddos, I realized that I wanted to do entrepreneurship differently for them. Society is failing the next generation, and once a week on this show, we're doing something to change that. Whether you're a parent with your own little luminary or you want to heed the call of impacting those trailing you, this short but sweet episode will give you guidance and inspiration you can bring around your dinner table or into your community. You want to create your legacy? Here's where you start. Let's raise them up right. I remember growing up in the Christian church, it was the idea of Sabbath, right? I know in Jewish traditions, it's the same concept of taking a full day of rest and having a full day dedicated to prayer and family and connection and tradition with no work, no distraction. And I remember as a kid, there was some element of that growing up because when I got started to get a little bit older and my sports would show up on the weekends... My mom despised when we'd have games on Sunday because that was our day. That was our day to go to church and to be prayerful and to be together as a family and to eat a long, drawn-out meal that went into the evening with all of my grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins and everybody together in family. That was our margin. And I remember her feeling like we were being robbed of that gift. And I was like, Ma, I'm the only one that you complain when we have games on Sunday. Everybody else goes to games and has, you know, practice or games seven days a week. What's the problem? And now in retrospect, I completely get it. Whether or not you you live by a certain faith that brings this into your world or just you're just living, like you're juggling all the things. It is so important to have this space to connect and grow. And I think the struggle as the Enneagram three in me, 
I don't feel like something is valuable unless it's productive. And when I first started implementing white space or margin into my business, it made me very uncomfortable because at that point I was maxed out on time. I was taking client after client and the idea of taking time away from clients or prospecting or marketing or building or anything like that meant less money in the business. But what I didn't realize was to make the leap into my next level of success, I had to build that margin in to be the leader and the visionary that I needed to become in order to dream outside the box of max capacity Liz taking client after client. So although it was very much outside of my comfort zone, I knew it was what had to happen because I was studying the leaders that I admired and that was the separator. That was what they had that I didn't. They didn't have skills that I didn't have. They didn't have access to resources I didn't have. They didn't have mentors that I couldn't get. They had margin. They had space to think and create and be and rest and connect and pray and just evolve and and just be. And it was it was productive. It was serving such a deep purpose that I couldn't I couldn't see at the time. So when you think about your family, how is it any different? When we pack our weeks, and we do, we pack our weeks, we've got business stuff during the days, and then we quickly shift gears, we got to go get the kids from school, and then we got to get them off to their sports, and then pick this one up and drop that one off, and then, oh, this one wants to see a friend, but this one has to get new shoes because they have holes in them, and then we got to get home, we got to have dinner, oh my gosh, they need a bath, just in time for bedtime to start it all over again, and then our weekends are that too. So that's a problem. And at some point, I've heard way too many times, okay, backtrack for a sec. I've heard way too many times people be like, oh, you know, it's just the phase we're in. It's just the age of our kids. Just wait till you get your kids get a little bit older. It's like, no, this is the choices you're making. It doesn't have to be this way. It's how society says it's done, but it doesn't have to happen like this. And I met a homeschooling mom at a co-op we're a part of out here in Wisconsin, and she's amazing and she has seven kids and I'm like what why are you so put together she's so like calm and her kids are so well behaved and I'm just gonna go off on a rant about how envious I am of this woman and how she seems to have it all together but that's a total aside what I thought was so amazing and at first it totally like gut checked me because I was like oh I would like I don't I don't want to do that then I started thinking about it so let me tell you what she told me I was like how on earth do you juggle it all how do you get your kids to all that? You have seven of them. Like I have three and only one of them is really in activities and I feel like I can't keep up. And she's like, oh, they're only allowed to play one sport per year. Each kid can pick their sport. And I was like, really? And my first initial thought was like, well, sports were my life growing up. I was in sports all year round and I was jumping from one to the next. Some seasons I was in multiple sports and going from practice to practice. And I was going back to what I knew. And I was going back to what I see and witness more prevalently in the world. Like what she's doing is not common. And I resisted it. I felt my body tense up when she said it like, ooh, that's weird. That was my thought. And then I sat with it for a day. And then I talked with Michael about it the next day. And then we started talking about it in regards to our own family. And then we talked about it the next time we saw her. And the reason she does it is so that they have enough margin to prioritize what really matters, family and their faith and falling in love with learning and discovering what they're really called to. Half the time, the sports I played growing up, was for me, it was sports. For your kids, it might be something else. For you, it might have been theater. It, it could be 
you know, singing lessons, whatever, anything, activities, right? Things outside of the traditional, you know, school that they're attending. Half of the crap I did, I did it because my friends were doing it. I didn't even like it. Like, I hated field hockey. Field hockey's not made for tall people. I felt like my back was breaking sixth through eighth grade when I played this stupid sport that I hated. No offense to my field hockey friends. But I did it because my friends were doing it. And I suffered through every... And I had to dedicate six days a week to this stupid thing that I didn't even like. Or when I played soccer, it was totally not my jam. Totally not my jam. So there were only, you know, the sports I actually loved were few and far between. But I was spread across a lot of different things. And I wasn't taking the time to really engage and think, what what is speaking to me? What do I want to do? What does matter to me? And then on top of that, I was, you know, so busy jumping from one thing to the next. And that's society's model. And we have fallen into that model. But do we have time without distraction or time without passive entertainment, right? TV, devices, our phones. Not really. We don't have that intentional time that we're creating on purpose with our families. And also, what's the cost if we don't do this? And we see it all the time. Again, it's been accepted in our culture. And that is, we live in this, quote, phase, right? It's a very long phase. It lasts like 20 years, depending on how many kids you have, where you're busy, 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 go, 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 jump from one thing to the next. Then the kids leave the house and the parents have stillness and they don't know what to do with themselves because they literally went from no margin to way too much margin and it's super uncomfortable and it puts strain on the family, it puts strain on the marriage and, and they don't know up from down at that point. So what I'm challenging you to do is to look at your life as it is and say, man, how do I want it to look? Because I actually don't have to follow the trends. I don't have to do what my kids' friends' families are doing. I can say, man, we've chosen a different path, right? We've chosen entrepreneurship. So that's already put us in this unconventional kind of weirdo boat. Why not follow suit with how we raise our babies? Like, why don't we look for the ways that work for us to cultivate the values and the life and the lifestyle and the possibility and the connection that we really want. It's this simple. It is this black and white. Is the, quote, phase that you're accepting into your life today, is it facilitating and getting you closer to the way you want to be living or is it robbing you of the possibility of it? Can it happen while you live like this or can it not? And sometimes you have to sit down, kind of shake yourself for a minute and be like, am I living in some kind of delusion where I'm doing something, expecting a certain result, even though the path I'm on to get there, I'm not on the right path. It's not going to lead me there. But I keep thinking this phase is just going to pass as I sign my kid up for yet another event and I squeeze myself so thin on this thing. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes we have to disrupt. We have to really change the way we operate. And I'm not telling you to do what that lady I met at the co-op did. I'm saying, what works for you? What works for your family? And what does your family actually want? And how can you create an honor margin? Do you even have space in your lives to play, to create, to talk, to rest? We've opened the doors to our co-op and we've been our co-op, now I'm not talking about the homeschool co-op, our Raising Luminaries co-op. And it's been amazing to see the conversations in there from the families 
of what is shifting in their worlds and the wake-up calls they've had of like, oh my gosh, we had no space for that. We want to raise leaders. We want our kids to be intentional and uh, innovative and free-spirited and critical thinking, but we have no space in our world to nurture that in them. So they're starting to create that space and to honor it and to protect it because that's the key. So the first step is picking your margin rhythm, right? So do you need margin like each day? Is there an, an hour a day that you honor together as a family? Or is it something like a day a week, right? It depends on your family and how you guys work best. We do a little bit of both. We have periods of time during the day that are our margin. There are no devices. We don't have plans. We don't, we're not running from one thing to the next. It's kind of like that sacred family time, and we're really intentional with it. Michael and I are present. I'm not claiming to be perfect in this in, you know, in any way. Sometimes we're in stressful seasons, and that happens. But this is our time as a family, and we're, we really protect it. And then, But we also have once a week, where on Sundays, that's our day of rest. That's our day of just being. That's our day of prayer. That's our day of church. That's our day of family. And we really live by it. The second thing that can really help with this is talking as a family why there's value here, right? Why is there value? Similar to what I talked about earlier where, you know, you're a max capacity entrepreneur and I'm telling you to go take four days off to have plan a visionary retreat and you're like, what are you talking about? I can't afford to do that. And I'm over here like, you can't afford not to. Maybe you have kids that are older and they're already really ingrained in like their own worlds. You might have to compromise a little bit, have conversations of, man, what's getting lost in not honoring this and not doing this? What's possible if we do honor this and do this? And then decide as a family what that time will look like. What's being removed? What's being brought in? Are the devices no longer allowed in the dining room, right? They're not, they're not coming to the table anymore. Or dinner's not being eaten around the television. Or we're not um, on our phones or our laptops until we finally crash and fall asleep. Instead, we're using time more valuably. And I also, I don't know, this could be my old school brain, but it seemed to work for my parents. You to boss, bro. Like a lot of people are like, oh, my seven-year-old totally wouldn't do that. I'm like, well, um, there's a problem there. If you're an adult parent and your seven-year-old is dictating how they're being raised. Because last time I checked, I've never met a seven-year-old who successfully raised a successful adult because they haven't lived it and you, duh, boss. So some of this, I mean, I like the idea of keeping it fluid and having conversations with the family and bring them in, not being a dictator and being like, yo, devices go away. This is happening every Sunday, you're stuck with me no matter what, like making them hate it. But at the same rate, if they're squeamish about it, be like, this is just what we're doing. Like, this is what's best for our family. And guess what? I'm leading this train and you got to put some trust in me. So just a little challenge to the parents out there who are afraid to parent, parent. And then finally, honor it, live by it, model margin in our businesses and in our lives. Teach your kids the power of margin, more creativity, more recovery, connection, prayer, fulfillment, peace. Are you even comfortable not doing something? This might have to come from top down. Mom and dad might have to learn how to work within these new parameters, right? Are you, are you the type that's kind of like, I, I have to be learning and growing is good. That stuff's true. But remember that your superpowers can also become your limitations if they take over that power from you. And without margin and the inability to have margin and the fear of margin, those superpowers, they've taken over. And it's time to take back that control.
So pick your margin rhythm. Is it daily? Is it once a week? Is it both? Talk as a family about why there's value here. Decide what that time is going to look like, what's being removed, what's being brought in, what's the good that's going to surround this time of just being, and then honor it. Live by it. Breathe life into your family again. Breathe peace into your world again. Give your kids an opportunity that the rest of the worlds are not gifting their kids because they're not aware of the dangers of just going constantly without any space. Let's raise them upright. I hope today's episode gave you exactly what you needed. And if it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next juicy episode. And don't be shy. I don't bite often. So come connect with me over on Instagram at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question, a guest you want to hear on the show or an idea you have for us, just reach out and share your thoughts. We do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve. Thank you for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. So tune in next time to keep building that legacy and doing the work that really matters.